Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Amadi, a musician from Lagos, is in his 30s. He goes to Brazil with a mission to locate his older brother, Ekina, and bring him back to Nigeria. Following the faint trail of his footsteps, he discovers that his brother was not the distinguished mathematician he was supposed to be. Bitter childhood feelings arise, and Amadi must choose between faithfulness to his broken family and a new life in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And that is the backstory behind this incredibly engaging and um, inventive narrative film called Shine Your Eyes. And we're joined today by the director, Matias Mariani. Welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. Uh, it's an honor to, oh. to be able to talk about the film here. Thank you for being here. Uh, the film is called Shine Your Eyes. And I will ask you, I'm going to tease this uh, for later, the meaning of the title. But we're going to get back to that later on because I, I, I believe there is so much to be revealed in this film. And I want to talk about uh, how you did this. But tell me a little bit about, for you, where this story for Shine Your Eyes came from. Uh, I've been uh, working on Shine Your Eyes for about, uh, I would say, like actually sitting down and writing it for about uh, seven to eight years, more or less. But a long time before that, when I was a student at NYU, I, I, I just, I know I'm Brazilian. I grew up in Brazil between Rio and Sao Paulo. So, and I had never lived abroad. And, and when I moved to, to the U.S., uh, I kind of came to the city without knowing anyone, without uh, actually having had an experience uh, of a long time in, in, a, in a foreign country. So I remember doing a lot of reflections at the time on the, the idea itself of being a foreigner, you know, what, what does it represent and, and how you feel it's sometimes extremely lonely, but at the same time, uh, very confident of your own individuality, you know, when you're away from, from all the environment that, that created you. And so I remember thinking a lot about that and wanting to do a film about that. So I think that you can, you can say that that's the origin of, of the story uh, right there. At the same time, I also missed my city a lot, Sao Paulo, which is uh, a city I'm very connected to. And I remember having that central idea of wanting to have a foreigner coming to Sao Paulo, you know, the same way as I was being a foreigner at that time, I wanted to kind of portray someone feeling what I was feeling towards my own city. So, so I guess that's the original seed for, for the whole thing. Well, the, the main characters in the story revolves around Amadi, and he is from Nigeria. And so this is, in many ways, um, kind of reflects what you just, you just mentioned, being in a different place that you grew up from. And why Nigeria? How did you kind of land upon uh, a Nigerian coming to uh, Brazil as a, as a way in to tell this story? Well, in a lot of ways, it was, was by chance. You know, when, when we actually uh, started uh, developing the script, we had that idea of, of the protagonist being a foreigner. And we just decided to uh, kind of research what uh, new communities uh, were moving to Sao Paulo at that point, you know, where what the, the kind of newly arrived immigrants, where they were from and why were they there. 
And me and my then writer, uh, uh, Mayra Pile, who wrote the first draft of me, we decided to go downtown uh, Sao Paulo, where most of the immigrants were were uh, kind of establishing themselves. And there we started to give lessons of Portuguese for six months for free, you know, pro bono in a cultural center right by where we shot most of the film. And uh, and we realized that all of our students pretty much, you know, few exceptions were Nigerians. And not only were they Nigerians, they were Igbo, which was an ethnicity we knew very little about. And after six months of, of teaching them and, and having that kind of, interchange of, of ideas and, and getting to know them uh, with those contacts we traveled to Nigeria and we stayed there for a month a month and a half I think uh, traveling around and uh, and gathering more ideas and, and more experiences from people who either had been to Brazil or had a fam or had family who had been there and kind of understanding why would someone exchange uh, Iboland to, to Sao Paulo, Brazil, which are just such different places and, and have very little connection in, in any other way but those people, you know, so. This is a diaspora that, uh, the Nigerian diaspora, uh, it seems like it's a very open, joyful kind of feeling that I had watching the, the, the people that we see in the film. Uh, can you give us kind of a sort of an, a, a, um, your take on the Nigerian people and their culture and how it translates or how it sort of has found a, a place in Brazil? Is uh, I think I, I can't really talk about Nigeria as a whole since I've, you know, I've, I've had little contact with other parts of the country. Mm -hmm. But what I really kind of immersed myself was in Igbo and, and their traditions and, and their culture and all of that. And, and it felt totally overwhelming for a Brazilian. You know, it's, it's just such a specific um, culture with so much going on in terms of my mythology, of religion of Wardville and, and you know they have uh, this giants of, of writers you know who are just uh, incredible like uh, Chinu Achebe, Chimamande Adichie who, who, who you may know from Half a Yellow Sun and, and other books um, so they have this incredibly rich uh, cultural tradition and relationship to culture in general and it felt, you know, very overwhelming to to kind of absorb that all at once. And and the ones that come to Brazil are usually very hardworking and and they have an almost American-like uh, entrepreneurship. And uh, and and I feel that when they come, they usually come with ties to to people who are in, in Sao Paulo and they create their own opportunities within the city that's not at all receptive to them and they are able to carve their own space on it um, but at the same time it's a, it's a hard experience you know to be a foreigner and to be uh, you know away from your country and, and in, a, in a country that you know most people don't speak English and I think probably what you saw as joy comes from their inner selves, you know, not so much about the experience, which mm -hmm. is not very joyful probably, but they do have a very positive outlook on, on life in general. And they, they are usually optimistic people. My experience, you know, they, it's hard to generalize to such a, a huge cultural group, but, uh, but the ones that I've met just, just kind of share that, that kind of positive outlook usually.
But um, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Matthias Ariani, and he is the director of a new film coming out, Shine Your Eyes, and uh, be looking for this film. I just, it's, it, I, as I said to you before we started our interview, this is a film that continually brings you along into a story that unfolds in many different ways and throughout the film. There are things that are revealed to us, but also in, in, they're revealed to us in te- the telling of this particular story, but also asking us questions as, as a viewer about identity, about association with a particular culture, uh, particular uh, what, what makes it something that, that where people feel comfortable, how someone can come to a place they've never been to before and experience things that they feel more comfortable with to the point where they're willing to to throw to be a part of a, something that they've never been a part of before also about relationships familial relationships how strong that bond is and how fragile that bond can be uh, this is a lot in the in the in the writing in the screenwriting as you mentioned before uh, your collaboration with Chika Anadu and I get that Chika Anadu, and Chica. also with others or other people, you obviously had a, a hand in writing this story. But I also uh, feel like we need to talk about the way that you told the story visually. Um, if you wouldn't mind uh, sort of describing the thing that you were going for, the look you were going for, and also in the pace, this is certainly a film that has a particular pace and tone to it. So if you wouldn't mind sort of describing the, the, the filmmaking part of uh, Shine Your Eyes. I think that overall the film, uh, my intentions with, with how, how we developed, you know, the overall mood of the film and pacing, as you said, was to let the film breathe, I think, above everything else and, and let the city in, into the film, you know. I think that was another very important uh, aspect of it. You know, we, when we thought about framing, you know, me and uh, the DP and the art director, would always think in terms of trying to get as much of the city in as possible and, and kind of tell the story of the city, the personality of the city, uh, the, the mood of the city, through how much we were able to let it in through framing, you know, sound as well, very much actually, but, but our first construction was on set, you know, doing the framing. And we ended up choosing, for example, the, the academy ratio as the, the ratio of the film because we felt that Sao Paulo was a very vertical city, you know, very, uh, there's a lot of uh, vertical lines in, in, in the city, within the city, in, in, in the, the cityscape in general. And I felt like the, 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 the four by three ratio would allow the city to seep into the film much more than, than a more, you know, cinemascope kind of, of framing. And I think the idea was to put Amadi always framed not in a central way, uh, so as to give the, the sensation that his position in the in, in in the city is not one of being accommodated or being comfortable. You know, mm-hmm. so we were always trying to put him in an off-center kind of uh, framing as well, which was very important. And and I think you know I also draw a lot from from stuff that I like from films that I. That I enjoy. Um, there, there is almost like a, a subgenre, if you think about it, of a, a stranger on a strange land kind of film, you know, which uh, 
which is something that I, I, I kind of researched a lot before filming. There's this wonderful film by Alain Tenet called uh, Into the White City that really influenced me in the way, in the way to show, uh, Into the White City is in Lisbon. It's a Swiss uh, sailor arriving in, in Lisbon. So I, I, it was also kind of a big cultural shock kind of film and, and it influenced a lot the way I told my stories. Uh, but I'm just saying, in terms of the script, I think it was uh, very important to have someone like uh, Shikanado, who's an Igbo, who has, you know, grew up in Nigeria and who was able to talk about the Nigerian experience from a place of, of, of identity, really, because, you know, I, being a Brazilian and uh, being, you know, having had a very different life experience, it was very reassuring to have someone who would be on the lookout for inconsistencies or, or even for the general mood of the representation of, of Igbo culture, you know, and, and she helped a lot of that. So did the actors, you know, Osio Keche and Chukudi Ibuji, and kind of making sure we're able to capture that environment in the most uh, precise way we could. There, there is a, uh, the, uh, the look of the film. There's not a lot of vibrant color in it. It's kind of a, the film feels as, as if you're trying to emote kind of a melancholy about the the storyline that we're seeing is is that is that fair is that uh, yeah i really like that word actually i think it's a great way to define it because sao paulo feels like that to me in a lot of ways it's um it's uh, it's interesting to talk about the film of someone who's not from brazil because usually the expectations people have are you know of seeing a, whenever they just hear the word brazilian film uh, with an african in brazil or something like that they imagine something much more vibrant or much more colorful and uh, joyful and sao paulo my experience of the city is not at all like that and that's probably why it's not a postcard city for brazil in any way but it's just this huge metropolis, uh, you know, that it's very chaotic and very and very disorganized. But at the same time, you are able to find beauty almost in every corner because mm -hmm. uh, things just kind of at some points in the city, at some places, it just fall together in a certain way that it's almost magical, you know, in the beauty that it produces. So in that way, it's more similar, I guess, to Mexico City or to New York, even Chicago which are this, this kind of monumental cities that, that just kind of ooze life from every pores, but yet are extremely, extremely harsh environments, you know, extremely uh, hard to live in and stuff like that. So, so that's what I was trying to, to go for in a way to try to capture that uh, soul. Yeah, and it's funny you should say that because there are cities um, that I have actually been um, fortunate enough to visit that they like that where you wonder how they get from day to day it there's just this sort of very unorganized chaos but people seem to be able to find their place in all of it in this kind of chaotic way that works for them and it works it works on a day-to-day -day basis but it also adds this element of uncertainty and i think that's one of the things about this film shine your eyes that there is uh, kind of a patina of uncertainty throughout the film in the sense that these relationships, certainly the, the primary relationship, Amadi is looking for his brother and whether or not his brother is even who he says he is in terms of what he's presented to his family. There's this uncertainty as to what's true and not true. 
there's an uncertainty whether or not we're ever going to, they're ever going to find one another. And also in the relationships in, in the film, there's a, there's a, there, there's nothing harsh about the film. I think one of the things that I really liked about it was I didn't feel like anything was pushing uh, the film in a particular kind of point of view, sort of a, a harsh or unforgiving point of view. Everyone in the film is accommodating and at, at times um, helpful to strangers, helping out strangers along the way as well. Uh, again, I'll ask, is that a fair assessment of the film in your opinion? Yeah, I, I, I pondered a lot during the script that, you know, it was, if I didn't add, uh, you know, more violence or more, let's say, straight up uh, uh, difficult situations that people, you know, may be in fear of their lives or stuff like that, if they wouldn't feel the film would be too easy on the city. But at the same time, I feel that violence in films always has a way of kind of aestheticizing itself. And I really wanted Amadi to go through hardships and to be difficult for him to, to orient himself in the city. But at the same time, I, I wanted to feel like, uh, like it was his film and, uh, and, and it wasn't about uh, the city destroying him or anything like that. It was about him finding his way within a labyrinth that was there, but that people were trying to, to help him along, even if in the most absurd ways, you know, and without really knowing what they were doing, you know, but a uh, general sense that, that he, that the biggest uh, obstacle he had was within himself and outside the, the city, you know. The thing for me is uh, Osio Keche, who is the plays Amadi in the film, and he is such a warm presence. He is such a um, sort of clear-eyed and under the circumstances sort of even even as he's being disappointed in what he's finding out about his brother, even as he struggles to figure out what's happening, such an engaging and warm um, persona that he created here. And I just was thoroughly, I fell in love with him in terms of just his ability to help us understand the story, understand his mother is a presence in the film, although we never see her. She sort of permeates the film in some ways with her her expectations for the, the two brothers and especially for Akina, uh, what the expectations are for him. And I, I just felt just a terrific, wonderful job uh, in, in terms of his acting in this film. And please feel free to chime in on, on, on that. Yeah, no, he's, he's an incredible actor. I was so, so lucky to have him. And, and, you know, it's talking about chance, about randomness, you know, all, all the things that have such an importance in the film. It was pretty, pretty random in a way because I had, uh, you know, we did a call out for actors in several places in U.S. and in uh, U.K. in Nigeria, and um, and and I got a tape from him, and and right when I saw it, it, it was it was quite incredible, you know, that, to, to see how how he somehow, you know, he didn't get the whole script, but that he understood within it what the character represented. And at the same time, when we first met online, he was very clear on 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 kind of wanting to be a creative partner of the film. You know, he would say, "Oh, I think this scene, uh, you know, maybe Amadi wouldn't act exactly like that. Maybe he we should add this or that." 
and and that that's what I love about working in factories the idea that you can you know that you can actually exchange creative juices or something you know that you can you can feel like you're changing uh, the story as as the person is incorporating the character and uh, and that kind of of kind of instant fit that we found when we were talking was really reassuring you know to, to know that I had actually found the guy to, to play the role and now I, I simply cannot imagine anyone else doing it so, so there's that yeah he's just fantastic throughout the film as you discussed earlier there's this kind of warmth and this uh, and you mentioned just a minute ago the collaboration with with your actors and you see it in these scenes where let's say we're at the racetrack right where we're um Amadi is, he's just trying to find out a, a trail that he can pick up as far as his brother is concerned. And he meets a Hungarian man who knew his, who knows his brother. And I remember that scene and just how you allow that to sort of unfold in this relationship between him and this Hungarian man uh, throughout the film. It, it sort of come, you come back and forth throughout the film, you sort of go away from something and come back to it. And it gives the film it really rounds out the film in terms of our understanding of him and the motivations and what's going on and why, and it humanizes all of them along the way. So I just, uh, you know, it's, it's wonderfully done. And then Indira Nascimento, who plays Emilia, who, who is again, another warm presence who doesn't start out that way, but throughout, through the course of Amani getting to know her, they develop this re relationship in, only in a way that the 21st century would accommodate, they begin to talk to each other because one speaks Portuguese and when the other speaks uh, Igbo. Uh, and uh, so they start talking through their Google translator. But her performance, uh, just such a warm and grounded performance by her. And uh, yeah. you want to say anything about her? Yeah, no, Anjira is uh, such an amazing actress and I'm, I'm really... I'm really dumbfounded that, that she wasn't found before. I know she's been acting for a long time in Brazil, and this is the first um, fiction film, a feature fiction film she, 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 starred, she starred in. And, uh, and there's a, a, a funny backstory that she actually, now she actually speaks a bit of English, but when we casted her, she didn't speak any English whatsoever. And though she obviously didn't, didn't speak Portuguese, so the rehearsals and, and, and everything was, was a very similar uh, dynamic than the one they actually had in the film, you know, of getting to know each other without speaking the same language and without, and what we did, which I think was, was uh, what they told me was helpful to them as well, was that we kind of played on that a lot. We had them just spend a whole day together in Sao Paulo without speaking the same word and having to, kind of find things to do and walk around and and uh, and just kind of absorb each other's presence and and uh and we did a lot of small exercises like that you know we we had them tell each other uh important secrets that they had yet it was in a language that the other didn't speak so so kind of have kind of see uh, how the other exudes uh, a certain emotion, a certain feel when he's talking about something that it's very intimate, even if he or she cannot understand uh, what he's talking about. And, and that relationship between language and, and what's unsaid in language, what communicates, but yet are not the actual words of the sentence, is something that I really try to, 
capture, you know, to, to have that within the film. And going back to what you said about pacing and, and letting things breathe, I think that the only way to do that, to capture things that are not really uh, put out on words in a dialogue, is if you give it enough time. That's at least how I feel about filmmaking. If you give enough time for for the presence of the actors to to seep into the film, you know. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful film. And well, I, another, as we draw near the end of our conversation here, I do want to come back to the question that I posed at the very beginning, which is, what does the title Shine Your Eyes, without giving too much away, what does Shine Your <laughs> Eyes uh, mean for you as the, as the filmmaker? Well, the origin is very practical because we were in Nigeria just uh, talking to someone and uh, and I remember very well the phrase someone told us, you know, in Nigeria you have to shine your eyes. And and there was a use of English, you know, me being a, a not a fluent, not, not a first, uh, what it, English is not my first language, so I found it very weird. It was like, shine your eyes? What does that mean, you know? And, and then I realized it was a local idiom that, that meant to be very, to be very aware of your surroundings, you know, to be, to be uh, able to perceive everything around you. So it's kind of, uh, you know, keep your eyes open in English, uh, in, in American English, I guess. Yeah. Um, so so I, I love that, that image of, of shine, not as in brilliance, but shine as in the, the act of, of shining your shoe, you know, of like uh, making something reflexive, making something, and uh, and have that 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 symbol within the film just felt very very interesting. And then we kind of multiplied it in several different uh, situations in the film, which I'm not going to get too much into, or else I'll right, spoil right. the experience. But uh, but the idea of of being aware of your surroundings, I think, is very central to the film and and how you relate to your surroundings, I guess. Well, as you're describing that story to us, I'm reminded of just how much of the, the, the film within the film, how much of this experience of you making this film with the people you made it with is so reflective of the, the themes that are in the film. I really believe in that in filmmaking, you know, that the process needs to mirror somehow what you're trying to accomplish within the story because... I feel there's there's a, uh, some connections that you're not aware of between the way you make something and 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 what you're making actually that are, are totally intuitive. They're not real, um, not things that you elaborate, but they are central to to the final to the final film. So I, I try to do that as much as I can, you know, to have uh, to have whatever it's been. Uh, you know, discussed and thought about in the film to be part of the process as well, because I feel it, it just adds a whole new dimension to to the actual result. I think it was Leonardo Bertolucci who said that uh, the film negative is much more sensitive than, than what we uh, believe it, it is. Now we don't film in negative anymore, but the, the idea kind of stands that the film captures much more than, than just the image within within it. Well... Well, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Again, the film is called thank Shine you Your Eyes. That We've been talking with the director, producer of the film, Shine Your Eyes, and that would be Maciej Mariani. And I want to let people know before we let you go that the film premieres on Netflix on July 29th. So please uh, be looking for this film. It is an enriching, wonderful experience to uh, 
to be a part of. And uh, I'm thank you, so grateful that you found some time to spend with us here on Film School Radio. It was a great honor, Mike. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 